Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This podcast is sponsored by flashfilmacademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, flashfilmacademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. Flashfilmacademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text flash film to 74121. That's one word flash film to 74121. All right, let's get started. What's really good. Let's get this show on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It's been a, it's been a minute, or at least it feel like it's been a minute. I'm going to ask everybody to hit that like button today. We got to talk about something that feels like a dead horse, but we got to talk about it. We got to we got to bring some light to it. We got to understand it. We got to know what it is. And you are going to have to decide whether or not you are a content creator or a filmmaker, because the rules in which they operate is completely different. Now, myself, I am a full time content creator and a part time filmmaker. That's how I, uh, you know, that's how I view myself. And there's reasons why, right? There's reasons why today we're going to talk about that. But first, you know, we got to do, we got to roll these graphics and that's what we do. You're listening to content and cash, a flash film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Perfect, perfect. What's going on? If this is your first time on this channel right here, this channel was designed to help you turn your passion into profit. If you're looking for a channel that's going to help you edit your nudes before you send them to your partner, this ain't the channel that's going to help you do that. This channel is all about getting that bag. My name is Ty Turner. I'm a former Army combat photographer, the owner of Flash Film Media, and I'm the guy that's going to help you start looking at the business side of creating content. Now, a lot of times I ask you guys, like, are you a content creator? Or are you a filmmaker? There's a lot of stuff out here that is designed for filmmakers, a lot of stuff that's designed for filmmakers. And. You got to be careful because we are content creators and content creators are in way more demand than filmmakers. Now, let me make sure I'm super clear on 
what I mean. Let me make sure I'm super clear on it because some people get offended when I say don't try to be a filmmaker. You can be a filmmaker. Just understand the differences. A filmmaker has chosen to take art over everything. Right. It's like a cinema camera. Cinema camera is image quality over everything. The audio sucks. Every part of it sucks. But the image quality is the best. Filmmakers are kind of going down that path. That's why cinema cameras tend to work for them, because there's art over everything. And that's great. Sometimes you want to tell stories. You want to be creative. You want to do things that entertain people. Content creators are a lot different. We create content that do more than entertain people. Right. There's the value of entertainment is only so high. We create content that has a return on investment, that teach people, that instruct people, that show people how to do things, that bring clients in. Content creators do more. Content creators are more valuable than filmmakers. Now, some would disagree because they can look at what a Marvel movie made. And I guarantee you, a Marvel movie has not brought in more money than every Coca-Cola commercial you've ever seen. Marvel movies and movies themselves do well, but they don't compete with what content creation does. Advertising, marketing, training. It is a trillion dollar situation and not a hundred million or a billion dollar industry. And you have to decide which one you want to do. You have to decide this is what I want to focus on. And you have to take the information that you receive and you have to apply it if it's from somebody that is trying to be a filmmaker or a content creator. Everyday business owners cannot use filmmakers. They, everybody don't want a documentary or something that tell a whole long story. A lot of people want content that can make them money, period. Any company that's hiring you is hiring you to invest in what you do well so it can make them money. If you go in there and talk to them and you are artsy about how lighting can bounce off this and if we wet the floors, it'll look like that. You're going to lose them. But if you go in there talking about how you can create content that will make them money, that's how you'll get that client. Um, let me say this real quick, because I want to make sure today's we, we talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is us, of course. If you've been watching, we posted an article or it's an article going around about a photographer who deleted a wedding couple's pictures right in front of them at the wedding because they would not allow them to eat. And I told you a long time ago, anybody who's been in wedding photography know that this can be an issue. Uh, you know, couples don't want to pay an extra 75, 100, even $200 per plate for you and your assistant or the three photographers you brought. That's why we have contracts to make sure that you eat up front. And our, we have a whole group of contracts and these contracts have been um, created, not just standard generic contracts, but we went and talked to people who work in these industry and we created contracts with specific clauses for those industries taken from people who actually work in those industries and not a website that's trying to create an SEO article to bring you to their website so that they can have you download a free contract. That's not worth nothing. One of the things that I push heavily in the wedding contract was eating because couples don't want to feed you. That whole article is a great example of what 
photographers are going through because they don't understand the importance of having the legal side of things done. So I encourage you to take a look at the contract pack over at Flash Film Academy. You can buy one contract or you can buy them in a pack. It's up to you, but they all contain real clauses like this under each each type of contract. There's a lot under weddings because there's a whole lot of things that wedding photographers go through. Like, you know, grandma holding up the big ass iPad on, in row two of the, of, the, of the wedding and now it blocked your first kiss. Well, look, uh, y'all can't sue me for that. We can't fall out over that because I told you to make sure grandma or nobody in the first few rows are taking pictures with iPads. It's here in my contract. So, Make sure that you got your legal side, legal stuff together, because even though they were mad, they didn't get to eat. And I totally understand why they deleted everything. There's no telling what type of legal stuff they're going to face um, or just the backlash that they're getting from people who've never been in that situation. So have your legal side together. Have your legal stuff right. Make sure you have contracts that cover things like that. I mean, I got what's called an uncle clause, right? Just an uncle clause is making sure that if I notify you that this guy keeps talking to me all day about, oh, I got this camera and I got that camera. If he's bugging me and I got a job to do, if I ask him to stop talking to me or ask him to leave me alone and then I tell you and you don't do anything, I can pack up and leave. If y'all start shooting fireworks and guns and all of this stuff at your wedding and I got a drone in the sky and you didn't tell me or I have my personnel below and we didn't know you guys were going to have a shotgun party, things that you, things like that need to be on your contract. And you may not have run into them yet, but I guarantee you, if you are in any of those businesses, you will run into it. All my gold members that's getting ready to jump on the Zoom, give me a second. I'm gonna let you guys in in a few seconds. Lead you good looking out on the Super Chat. Minnesota in the house. Jim was in town. I had a chance to hang out with him. Cool dude. Real cool dude. Beer gang, we, we in here. We had a good steak and we had fun. So, you know, if you're in Dallas, hit me up. Anybody, if you're anybody in Dallas, hit me up. Um, so make sure you have your contracts together. Make sure you have your contract stuff together. In fact, you can use that. You can save 15% by using promo code 15Live. There you go. Now, somewhere, if you're watching this video late, I'm sure you'll probably see some weird commercial that YouTube decides to throw in. I can't control that, but I got to tell you who the sponsor of the day is. Um, let's talk about this, right? Let's talk about the difference between content creators still and filmmakers, because filmmaking is a term that's thrown around and people who feel like they spent a certain amount of money on a camera should be referred to as a filmmaker. And filmmakers are going to make different decisions than content creators. Content creators, we create content for businesses or people who want to achieve something. It's not for the, the, the pure value of entertainment. Filmmakers only make entertainment, period. They only make entertainment and they have to find a way to finance that. They have to find a way to make a living. That's why a lot of filmmakers aren't living well unless you get to the Steven Spielberg side that unless you get to that level of success or you know you get to the point where you got something that's doing well on Netflix or somewhere like that a lot of filmmakers aren't doing super excellent I know a lot of content creators you've never heard of as doing deep six figures because they understand that they create content that serves a purpose they create content um, and they present it to their client as an investment pause for a second 
I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problems. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand, providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, Clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. Filmmaking is rarely an investment unless you have an all-star cast with an all-star studio with an all-star director. That's why you see a lot of names presented to you so that they know if it goes to you know, the movie theaters, it will make money. That's why you've seen a lot of superhero movies because they they're making money and companies are willing to invest in that and remakes because people have seen it and they'll love to go to the movies to see RoboCop 12 or the remake or whatever. The average filmmaker don't have that. So it's an uphill battle. It's a struggle. It's a life uh, filled with artistic ideas that you're trying to bring to life just to get in front of the world in hopes that you get some type of financial freedom from it. Content creators, we, we, where everything is structured in the business. We, we go into in front of companies and businesses and we present things that can help them make profit. So we're way more profitable. And this is coming from a person who loves filmmaking. I've made quite a few movies. I plan on making more and filmmaking is my passion, but it doesn't pay my bills. Content creation pays my bills. If I, you know, and I take that money and then I invest it into my films because I love it. I enjoy it. So please be mindful of the difference as you go into this journey. And a lot of because a lot of information you're getting from filmmakers or about filmmaking, you're trying to apply it to the business world. I don't I, I don't rarely do I say go get a cinema camera for content creation. There are some cinema cameras that are great. The Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K and 6K is about as far as I would say go for using a cinema camera for content creation purposes. You don't need super crazy 8K, 12-bit raw and all of that stuff for content creation because the goal is for it to be on the website, a YouTube channel, a cell phone, a smaller screen. It's not designed to be on a big old 35-foot screen or a cinema. It's not designed for that. It's designed to load fast, be effective, and, and really attack while it can within an attention span of its ideal client or customer or viewer. Load fast and cinema quality don't even go together. Like anybody telling you they got an 8K clip that load fast, they're smoking crack. They're not being real with you and they're just making up stuff. So as a content creator, you want to be mindful of that. You don't want to fall down the traps of 
what filmmakers want. That's why they're out buying reds and Komodos. You don't need that as a content creator. What you're creating is going right back on the phone. You can create it on the phone if you want, because it's going right back on the phone. So be mindful of that. You may not have situations where you have the ability to light something as crazy as you would like and have mist and fog and smoke and colors and all of that. You may not have that opportunity. And that's fine. The goal is not to be super cinematic, just to be a little bit above average. I'm not saying be trash. I'm saying be a little bit above average. And the goal is really to keep the attention span, attention span of your ideal client or your customer base. Whoever your client is, whoever their customer base is, that's who you want to focus on and keep their attention. That's more important than having crazy dynamic lighting and all kind of other crazy shots. It's important to know who you're filming for, because if you keep their attention, they're engaged and they do whatever it is the client has hired us to create content to do. So it's completely different. Do not get lost in the world of filmmaking. Do not get lost in the world of filmmakers who say they go out and shoot stuff for businesses. If they are trying to be a filmmaker, it doesn't, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. If you go into this business with the idea of being a content creator, you will make content creator decisions. You will make content creator purchases. You will buy gear and invest in things that will help you create content for businesses. That's the audience I'm talking to. Guys who want to make movies, this ain't the channel. That's this this channel ain't about that life. This channel is about people who are sitting at home. They have the ability to create content and they're looking for ways to monetize that because there's a million companies around you right now that need content for something. There's not a million companies around you right now that want to produce, shoot, film a movie. They're not interested in that. However, they need training videos. They need intro videos. They need short stories about their companies. They need testimonial videos. They need content to help them stay relevant on social media. And now that we have multiple platforms, you can create content in multiple formats. They need podcasting or audio for podcasting. They need images and graphics and headshots and lifestyle shots and, and product shots. They need that. So as long as you go into it thinking that my job or the goal of my brand is to create content to help in all of those areas or just one or two of them, you will you will go into the business to be profitable. It's cool to be artistic and cool to have nice, dope great looking content but if it doesn't help sell something teach something push something advertise something market something it is not as valuable as you think it is i don't care what it looks like and a lot of people kill themselves on making this beautiful content that does not have the ability to market to sell to teach train to be engaged with a specific audience or anything they just want it to look pretty and I can name a whole lot of really well shot movies that were trash. Happens all the time. So make sure that you are in line with the idea of creating content because that's that's ramping up. Movies are ramping down. The idea of creating content is ramping up because more and more business need it. And, and you have to think about it like this as well. These are some other things I want to put out here. Only 60 percent of the world's population has access to internet, to the internet, right? Only 60% of the, 
of the let me say that again. It's a big deal. That's a that's a that's a big deal. Only sixty percent of the world's population has access to the internet. Now, if you're talking about how much of that sixty percent has access to broadband or faster speed internet, it's probably half of that. Now, when I say access to internet, I mean from a phone, just any type of internet. So the idea that content creation is going to grow is it's inevitable because everybody's not everybody don't have access to it yet. As more and more people get access to the Internet around the world, content will continue to keep growing. Content will continue to be the number one form of uh, of media or advertising or marketing or training from the for the foreseeable future. I don't I, there is nothing on the horizon yet that can outdo a video as far as training. There's nothing there's nothing out yet. We don't have a way to just download information until people head, um, you know, and people don't want to sit and read five pages of anything anymore to be trained or learn about something. So you are pretty safe as a content creation creator. As far as movies, well, movies change, you know. People like scary movies, people like uh, Marvel movies, people like reality style movies, things change. So keep that in mind. Um, oh, yeah, I think Paul was asking a question. Gene was asking a question. Business model. We have a whole course um, designed about around business, around creating content for businesses. In fact, we have a whole course which is on flash film academy that's all about how to make money as a content creator how to make money as a content creator it's real it's huge and and the reason for this video like i said i want to double down and make sure you got it make sure you fully understand it's it's important that you look at yourself as a content creator so you don't get caught up in the hype of the filmmaking stuff Filmmakers can fight over bit rates and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we need it to be this, that and the other content creators need to focus on how can I make sure my content continues to provide a return on the investment. ROI is the most important factor of a content creator. Quality, entertainment value, beautiful pictures and all of that is over here on the filmmaking side. However, you can be the best DP in the game and have the best shots and best images in the game. But if your script writer's trash or they don't market it well or whatever, your movie won't do well. It'll flop. It won't. All of your success rides on somebody else. As a content creator, your success is on the back of you. It's your ability to market your business and get in front of companies and pick a niche. Your ability to do that. So it's super important that you pick a side. I myself love to create film. I've shot four or five movies. They're on Amazon Prime. They're on, they're on YouTube. I am a, a part-time filmmaker. When I switch, when I put that filmmaking hat on, I'm a different person. I'm not there to, to, to create a return on investment. I'm there to scratch my artistic itch, and that's cool. I love it. I, I've been making movies since I was 12. It's, it's my thing. However, as an adult, to pay bills, to live, to live the life I want to live, um, to, to go to places I want to go and drive the cars that I have. I had to understand the importance of content creation. Super important, super, super important. And when I went and I noticed that a lot of me messing up in the beginning of being a content creator was because I was thinking like a filmmaker because I thought they were the same. I was, I was, uh, 
taking filmmaking techniques and applying it to content creation. Let me give you an example of, of what you may be doing um, like that, right? Demo reels. Your demo reel is your best clips to music. A lot of people put their demo reels as the best clip, just reg- their best clips. Well, that worked if I'm an editor, if I'm a director, if I'm a DP, and I want to get a job on a movie set, putting my best clips to music works well. It doesn't work that well if you're trying to get the attention of a business, if you're trying to provide a return on investment to a business. That's why we teach you how to structure it different. I got more graphics. Let's go. Where is that? That's why we teach you how to structure it different so that you can create a demo reel designed for business owners and not the filmmaking demo reel you've been passed down to go after those type of positions. That's why we tell you not to get a portfolio website because filmmakers, yeah, if you're a filmmaker, a portfolio website is valuable because the people who are looking to hire you are already in the industry and they understand what they're looking for. They're looking for your shot selection, your the, the color scheme. They're looking for that. They're looking for a certain type of images. They are directors, producers. They they can relate to that demo reel. Your business client or customer can't look at a pretty picture and understand how it makes them money. So you are of no relevance to them. You are of no value to them because pretty pictures don't mean my stuff going to sell. But if I create a demo reel that shows you how I can help you sell your product by using content, then guess what? That content creator is way more valuable than pretty picture guy. Because I don't, pretty picture guy, I don't know what he can do for me. I don't know what he can do for me other than make pretty pictures. You ever watch, um, you ever watch a cologne commercial and be like, what in the hell were they thinking? Like you ever watch a, a perfume commercial and it's just like a horse running through ice, a guy with no shirt, a lady coming out the water, an umbrella flying across the street two people doing cartwheels in a rainbow and then it just like pull out of smoke and it's like Chanel number six. And you're like, like, should I be like, I don't know how I feel about this commercial. Like this commercial is weird, fam. Like, does this make me want to wear this stuff or like, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. I, I can't be the only one to look at a commercial like that and be like, this is, this is kind of weird. This is, this is really weird. Um, so Tanner said, I'm literally in a digital marketing class at a university learning the same points about ROI, ROI for video. Absolutely. Because companies or colleges now have to teach you that because it ain't about just going into filmmaking. It's about understanding ROI. I'm going to hit you with another new graphic. Boom. In this course, I'm giving it to y'all in this course. That's what we talk about. How to offer a greater return on investment. There you go. Boom. We're using all the new graphics. Thank Big shout out to Parker real quick. And let me put this on the screen because I get messages. Big shout out to Parker. Um, you you got to make sure that you're looking at things differently, right? If I can teach you how to look at things differently, you'll make different decisions. You'll go about things differently. 
when I looked at the world as a filmmaker, I bought a bunch of dumb gear. I start, I, do, I did things that didn't make sense to businesses because I thought they got me. I thought they, you know, and we're going to show up and we're going to have a slider, ma'am. We're going to have a, a gimbal, a crane. And she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? She's looking at me the way I said, I look at perfume commercials and cologne commercials. Like, what are you talking about? And then, cause I got a black magic. It shoots in. Not 4K, 6K, ma'am, at 12-bit, raw. And she's like, should I care about that? Do you want to upgrade to 12-bit raw? You should upgrade it. Why? Why does that matter? Like, who cares? How is you shooting in raw going to make this make more money for me? The quality is going to be better. For who? Who is the quality going to be better? For you? So when you're a content creator... You got to look at things differently than if you are a filmmaker. When you're a content creator, it's all about ROI. You show and it, listen, the way they show value is different. A content creator shows value by showing more ROI. A filmmaker may show value by showing better quality, depending on who they're looking to show it to. A filmmaker want to get hired by a director, want to get, you know, get, get brought in by a producer, want to be a DP. They will show value differently than a content creator. Right. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Gene, we teach a whole different pricing system um, that is sort of hourly, but it's not. It's not. It's a structure based pricing system that we teach that is that will help you get what you're worth. And it will teach you how to show value so that you can get what you're worth. Very important. Very important. Um, we're going to get ready to bring on the gold members. I know they're waiting in the room. My bad. I'm, I'm going to uh, get everybody in in a few seconds. And we're going to jump into that. Um, but make sure if you guys have questions, if you guys have been conflicted with the idea of, you know, what's what, I would love to hear your questions. Wait, that's going. We're going to mute that real quick. But I would. Somebody's uh, got their mic on real quick. We're going to mute everybody. But um, and it will definitely show value. So it's important that you understand the difference between the two. Let me go ahead and get this set up real quick. And then we will uh, bring on the gold members and chop it up. Well, that's weird. I ain't supposed to do that. We're going to bring on the gold members and chop it up. We'll let you guys ask questions if you got questions about. Um, can you ask questions about niche? Micah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Been working on narrowing down to get it down another tier every time. Let me ask you a question because I mean, I get to use graphics all day because I want to make sure. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I like these graphics because I get a lot of questions and I go into detail in these courses like crazy about niche, how to narrow it down, uh, everything real important. And, and, and let me tell you another reason why why I push them so much. You you got to understand that on a. Let me take somebody ahead. Let me let me make sure I'm clear with you and take somebody ahead and help you understand something, right? The answer to your question, the answer to your question can't be answered in ten minutes. I have to help you understand the theory as to why you should do what you're doing. I don't want to teach you what to do. I want to teach you why you should do it. I don't want to teach you what to do, like like. What to think? I want to teach you how to think about it. 
in order for me to teach you how to think about it, I got to do two things. One is I got to make sure you have the foundation set up to even make the right decision because you could be thinking of niche right now. And there's three things that you need to get in order or understand about your area, the companies around you, the environment and a bunch of other things before you should even consider a niche. Right. You may you may be picking a niche that's not even right for your area that that won't be as profitable as something that's right under your nose. And you may just like it and it may not be something that's profitable for you. So to help you understand what needs to take place before you get to the point of picking a niche, I got to teach you a theory, the theory behind a few other things. Right. Then we got to spend an hour or some time really diving into what you should even consider a niche. What, what's important, what to look for, who should you be looking after? Like, what, what is your target audience? We got to spend some time going over that before you pick a niche. And I want to tell you it's a lot involved and I want to get you out of the mindset of thinking that this can be a quick answer to your question because it's not. I wish I could say, oh, A, B, and C, good luck. But it's so much more to it and I don't want you to ever think that it's just a quick fix or you would just keep going down the rabbit hole of, well, that's not working. This not working. That's not working. It's just like me saying, it's just like if I'm sitting in the passenger seat and you've never driven a car and you know, you're like, how do I get to X, Y, and Z? How do I get to the store? Okay. You got to go straight, make a left, make a right, do a U-turn and then pull up in it. But if you've never learned how to drive, it's like, there's so much more you need to learn about the vehicle, how to start it, how to, how to work the brake, how to use the step before we get to the point where I'm giving you directions. So as a, as an entrepreneur or somebody that's looking to get into the business and learn it, one of the biggest things I had to do personally was get out of the mindset of thinking that everything was just a quick answer because I started getting frustrated with people like, why, why you can't just tell me like, why you can't you just tell me what it is? And I had to realize that the answer is way bigger than what I thought it was. My mind was thinking it was just like this. And there's so much more to it that I, I used to think that people who didn't tell me was just like either trying to sell me something or they wasn't trying to be real with me. They didn't want me. To, I thought it was I used to look at it honestly. And I'm just being I'm being 100 with you. I used to look in the mirror and think people just didn't want me to have the information. And the truth is. It's so much information to get to that, to answer that small problem. It's so much, so many things you need to learn before it that they just didn't have time to tell me. And it took a mentor sitting me down, teaching me that life lesson. Listen, bro, I know you want a quick answer, but if you don't understand A, B, C, and D, I can't teach you about E or you'll just keep making the same mistake on E. You got to learn A through A through D first. So for me, when I started to look at things like that and started to understand the theory behind how things work, I was able to really understand, you know, E a lot better and able to, to, to really, you know, make the right choices. And you'd be surprised that once you understand theory, you go back and realize that you made a lot of bad choices. That's why E don't work. It just it won't work. I'll give you an example. We talk about logos and colors, right? Logos and color scheme. A lot of y'all went out and picked logos. A lot of y'all went out and got a, a name for y'all company. A lot of y'all went out and, and got this idea of what a brand is. But if you don't have a niche first, none of that stuff matter. You just you just jumped off the bridge. You just you just spent money on nothing because you thought that you should go get a logo and a brand and all of that. 
If you got a company name and you don't have a niche, your company name is probably doing more damage or doing more harm than good. Just want to be real with you. Your colors are probably doing more harm than good. Your logo is probably doing more harm than good because you didn't start with understanding who your business is for. And, and those are things that I teach you like crazy in courses before you even get to the point where you're picking a company name. If you don't got a beta client to run it against, you, you're hurting yourself. Now, because you started, you know, in the game backwards and you got this name that don't appeal to your client base it don't appeal to your customer base, you got colors that don't appeal to them, you got a logo that don't appeal to them, you got a website and none of the copy and none of it appeals to them, but you're trying to market it and you're wondering why you're not getting traffic. You're wondering why people are not hiring you. You're wondering why your stuff not taking off. You're wondering why I'm spending all this money for marketing, getting 50,000 people to my website and nobody's calling me because you skipped over half of the lesson, jumping straight to what you think you know, and you missed all the stuff you didn't really know. So it's super important that you learn, you learn, you, you go back and take it from the beginning and you go through it to learn the process. Trust me, everybody who's taking the course, you're going to hate me halfway through the course because you're going to realize that 75% of the stuff that you did was wrong. Me creating the course was me going back, redoing it 20 times and putting it in order so that you don't have to go back and do it 20 times. Everybody who's taking the course can tell you they cussed me out through the course. They was happy, but they called me all kind of stuff. I got all kind of emails. I hate you, but I love you, Ty. I hate you, but I love you. I hate you, but I love you. Because they realize all of the steps they thought they took to get where they wanted to go, a majority of them were wrong or out of place. And now they can look back and understand why it's not working for them. So just want to be real with you. Um, give me a second. Let me set up the uh, let me set up the uh, gold member room here. It's been a while. I've been gone. So uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. It's going to take a second. We'll let uh, the comments flow and come in while we get this all set up. Everybody, let me get my headphones on so we can chop it up. And then I'll unmute everybody in a second. So let's do this. We got to set it up. You know how we do it. It's real hood over here. Nobody wants to, uh, nobody wants to give us any, uh, automatic zoom love. So we're going to make it happen ourselves. Um, so there we go. We're going to unmute people, get y'all going. And then we're going to do one other thing real quick. Go ahead and pop that and that. You guys should have the ability to uh, to jump in and say a few things whenever you're ready. I missed you, man. It's been two weeks. <laughs> Killing me, bro. Oh, man, that's funny. What's going on, bro? Oh, it has been fantastic. Let me see. Make sure you guys can hear. I gotta. Uh, I gotta get the screen off the screen. So we're gonna do that in a minute. I'm. It's. It's. You know. You, it's been a minute. I'm. I'm. I'm a little rusty, but uh, work with me. We'll get it in like two seconds. Meanwhile, questions. You guys can still pop questions on the screen, and we'll go from there. Oh man, what's going on, everybody? Okay. Stephen, how you feeling better? I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling a whole lot better. I was, I was, uh, it was rough for a minute. It was definitely rough for a minute. We can, we can chop it up while I, uh, 
fix this up. I was, yeah, I was, uh, you know, sinuses. I'm, I'm the type where when seasons change, man, I feel it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I go through it. I thought I was, I thought I uh, was sick, sick, but I didn't, I didn't catch that. I was good. I missed all of that. So I'm real good about that. Where is my, uh, we got to wait for a few more people that are trying to get in. And then we'll um we'll chop it up. You guys can jump in whenever you're ready. I'm while I'm setting this up, I can answer your questions while you're doing that. So you can go go for it. Let me see. Make sure I'm an interesting scenario that I have to deal with tomorrow. Let's hear that. Let's go let's go for it. Oh, by the way, how's the sound? Do I need to tweak it? Am I too quiet, too loud? Rod, can you give me a thumbs up or down? Well, quiet. <laughs> you know what? I could be loud, but I don't even need to turn this crap up. Turn it up, Jim. I can't hear you. <laughs> How about now? Can you hear me? Much better. Perfect. So, yeah, tomorrow I have a client coming in. Um, it's actually a marketing firm that hired us to do a shoot. And their client came up from Florida, and we ended up um, shooting them in our studio and with some all sorts of stuff. Got a ton of footage. Uh, went above and beyond, grabbed an extra half day worth of footage for them just because. And um, But we really weren't given any direction on the video itself and what they wanted done. When I first talked to them, um, they were very unclear. So I kind of said, hey, how about we do this? Why don't we do a two-minute overview, something they can put on their website, why don't we do a, um, a 30 second and a 15? That way we can you can utilize those to redirect traffic back to their website, back to the um, Facebook page, and you can monetize those and go from there. And he said, the marketing firm said, this is great. Yeah, that'll work. So, yeah. I mean, and we work with other firms, so this was a little strange for us. So, um we do the two-minute, lots of revisions. <laughs> expected. Well, I mean, we do the first provisions for free. No big deal, but no major concept changes is in our agreement. And um, then the second one came by, and I thought, oh, it's just some minor things. No big deal. I'll just do that. The third one came, the list. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So we did that. I thought, okay, we're done. We're done. We got that two-minute one done. Then the fourth revision came. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I started ticking those off and put it, and then we threw up a 30-second with no direction and or where they wanted to go and a 15-second. Well, <laughs> the marketing firm who I keep telling, you know, hey, we need more direction. I sent them an email. Really don't know where to go on the 30 or the 15. Obviously, you need a title and an end. What do you think of the layout? It's not mastered yet. I mean, it still needs some cleaning up. Um, is this kind of what you had in mind? Um, so I get an email all of a sudden from him, from the marketing firm, and their client is um, reaching out and has reviewed everything and says, what's your plan here to the firm? Well, how are you planning on marketing these? I don't see how they tied in. see this. I don't see that. And I'm like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm having problems with. And I'm doing fine reading this big lengthy email until we get to the point where 
Yeah, we, I really feel like um, I could have done this in my, in my, on my own. And I'm like, I'm going to strangle someone here um, <laughs> because it's as far from my best work. And you should have done some um, looking over this before you sent this off to your client because I said that in an email. So needless to say, long story short, it's not something I wanted to bang on my keyboard about or call him up and take my six foot two, 320 pounds over to <laughs> ties met me. So I was like, you know, let's just invite him into the studio and all of my partner here, he's really level-headed. And so he keeps pushing off the meetings and he'll be here tomorrow morning. And I'm like, you know, we're just going to sit down and go over. I, we really need some direction here. We've gotten a lot of it now from your client, but I'm just not looking forward to the scenario tomorrow morning where we have to sit down and just visit with them and let them know, Oh, by the way, um, there's a lot of extra money involved in all these changes. And you saw that agreement that we signed where it says it's a hundred bucks an hour for everyone. And then on top of that, um, your client wants a lot of additional graphics and um, stuff that will go into After Effects and create. But we need to address these things. If that's what your client is looking for, we can provide it and produce it. So I got that tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. to look forward to. I'm going to tell you what I love about that, though. You got the pricing laid out for all the stuff that needs to change. For me, I'm just... It's it's like it's like pulling on a uh, on a slot machine and just watching what numbers line up and what my jackpot is going to be, because people I, go go right ahead and tell me everything you need. You got the price next to it. You can add it up for me. I can add it up for you, and it just means more you know more profit for me if if it's done right. And I, I've just learned that when you start structuring pricing and you got a list of things that, that after a certain amount of revisions, you got to make sure you got the revisions in order, or you got you know your contract to stay hey two revisions and that's it um but after that it's just it's just profit for me almost pure profit and i love it no having the having the structured based pricing in place definitely has made our life a lot easier it's um yeah way easier especially on the very large projects it has been fantastic um yeah takes us like two minutes to just create a fifty thousand dollar quote yep and they look at it and they're like, oh, this is exactly what we need. They don't look at, oh, my God, that's so much money. They look at it and they're like, oh, yeah. I, cause, oh, cause oh I, that I, makes sense. I hate when people look at it and they're like, how did you get to that number? Like, why is it? When people say, <laughs> why is it so much? And you don't have it laid out for them so they can understand why it's so much. Just imagine you go and, like I said, you go buy a car and they're like, it's 60000 And this one over here is 30000 Man, I. Why? Like, how can it? I'll give you an example. I, I own a Dodge Challenger. You can get a V6 model for twenty two five. You can get a Demon Red Eye for a hundred and twenty two five. If I put them cars next to each other and showed you nothing, you would have no idea as to why the price fluctuates. But you can look at one and say, okay, this has got nine hundred horsepower. It got this rear end, that transmission, this sound system. It it, it explains how we got from a base model of twenty two thousand to a model that's a hundred and twenty two thousand. And you have to keep in mind. A lot of people say, well, I don't structure base. I don't know because I'm they may not max out their budget. Somebody who come in 
the Dodge dealership for a for a Hellcat, they're not leaving with a V6 because it's cheaper. They're going to buy what they came in for, if not go a little higher. So rarely are you ever going to have a have a structure based pricing where you're not getting the max the client has to spend. It it it, it, it that's just how things work. You never you never go into Walmart with the idea of spending ten dollars and you leave spending five. Rarely does that happen. You usually spend fifty. And when you structure your pricing and you offer it in tiers or ways where it makes sense and it's valuable, that's exactly what happened. There's a good question came up real quick. Tommy, uh, appreciate the super chat, buddy. Appreciate it. He says, I'm getting a lot of thumbtack leads, um, but a lot of unread messages when I reply. Should I follow up via text? Their phone numbers are on the leads. So I, I'm going to be honest with you. If it's a really good job, I would call. I would call. They're getting a whole lot of automation. And to be a real person really helps push you ahead. The number one thing I tell people to do on Thumbtack is try to get people away from Thumbtack. The faster you can do it, or if you have the ability to, your chances of closing that sale is greater because people who use Thumbtack usually don't know where to go to hire people. They don't know who to talk to, and they're looking for direction, and they're getting hit with a lot of automation. So if you're a real person, who can walk them through the process, you'll have a greater chance at closing that sale. For me, I would always try to pull people away from Thumbtack and I would close it like crazy. Now I'm gonna give you another star or another gym alert to keep in your pocket, not Minnesota gym, but like gym gym to keep in your pocket <laughs> is create a follow-up message that says something like, hey, I know you're busy. Or, you know, I know you got a lot on your plate with this project. If you ever decide to move forward, we would love to help you and give them three reasons why you can help them. We would love to show you ways to minimize costs while shooting a video. We would love to um, explain the difference between corporate headshots and executive headshots. Put something in there to kind of a cliffhanger to get them to contact you. So whenever they're ready to move forward, here's my number, here's my email address, here's a way to contact me so we can give you more information. You would be surprised at how many people called me six to eight to three months later saying, hey, I got a message from you. We posted this. The world went crazy. We couldn't get to it. But now we're back looking at it and we got your message. Or I would see jobs that get reposted again, you know, and they would instead of because a lot of people post stuff, don't get to it and they come back and repost it like man, they just seen the same company. So if you leave this message, a lot of times they won't repost it. They'll reach out to you and contact you. I'll be scrambling like crazy. Like your name is what you send me. A, yeah, this is John Smith. I sent you a message on Thumbtack and I'm looking it up like, OK, John. Oh, yeah, I remember you. And as I'm, I'm literally searching while I'm pulling up their account to see what it is. Um, and then I can jump right into it and, and, and hit the ground running. So definitely use it kind of as a, as a CRM a little bit, um, and get people off of Thumbtack as soon as you possibly can. It's, my, my go-to message was, can I, Hey, Thumbtack doesn't allow me to collect enough information to give you a, the, the exact quote. Is there a good time I can give you a call to maybe discuss the project further so that I can provide a, the, the, the exact amount. And and that's how it would get people off thumbtack. And because everybody else is just texting, 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 you are a real person. You're going to have a greater chance at closing that sale. So definitely want to do that. Um, 
Let me see. Do we have any questions? Yeah. So that that to me has been the game changer when it comes to my thumb my thumbtack strategy. A lot of it. There's parts of it, but that's getting people off thumbtack is major because usually I'm and and this is what I learned when people find thumb, people don't know to look for thumbtack. People don't go say, well, where is Thumbtack? Well, let me find. People don't think Thumbtack do a really good job at marketing to people to say, who's a great videographer in my area? And then Thumbtack pop up and say, hey, looking for a videographer in the area? We can show you the top five videographers and people click on it. And then it takes them to a process of answering questions. And they're halfway through creating a project before they know it. And it's like, hey, create your project, post what you're looking for, and we'll send the top 10 guys directly to you to, to bid on your project. So that's how they bring people in. So the so it, it isn't that they're looking for someone in particular. They're trying to understand what it takes to even do this project, who can do it, who's available. Because remember, content creation is a gamble to a lot of people, right? They're scared of gambling their money. They want to work with somebody that's a sure thing. And here is Thumbtack designed to get you in front of customer or or businesses that have a, that have been rated and used before and that are trusted, that are sure things. So t- Thumbtack does a great job at connecting the two. So you can help though that type of client if you're saying, hey, I'm a real person. Let's talk outside of this so I can understand your project and help you, you know, help navigate you in the direction you want to go into. So keep that in mind as you as you get on Thumbtack or Bark or any of those uh, any of those companies. I'm often trying to find out how they are marketing so that I can make sure that my pitch is in line with the type of client that they're bringing through the system. And that was there. And I thought, you know, I thought people just look for Thumbtack and that's not true. They look for people who don't know who to contact, where to look, how to rate somebody. They, they're getting those guys and then they're they're pulling them through the system. And if you pop on thinking, hey, you know, every video, we're a videography company that offers 8K and blah, they don't even know they need that. So you lost them already by jumping at them with the idea that they are an educated client in the industry. Educated clients don't usually go the thumbtack route. They usually go with a production company or search for a production company or something like that. And, and don't be... Um, don't be like worried about the fact that they're not educated. I've landed some of my biggest clients from Thumbtack. I'm talking about the Samsungs, the Verizons. Um, I got Raising Cane off Thumbtack. I got them off Thumbtack. Did we keep working and they, did, did, did the jobs grow and did they refer me to other places? Absolutely. But I got big companies off Thumbtack. It's not just mom and pop shops. It may be somebody in... Uh, a learning and development department that they've been tasked to create videos for this upcoming training and they don't know where to go, who to hire. They don't know what the budget should be. So they're searching for best training video company in the area. And here come Thumbtack saying that not only am I going to find a training company, but I'm going to see, I'm going to let you see what they are, what their ratings and what past clients had to say and, you know, their bio and all of that. And then it, it walk you right into a sale. It's up to you as a content creator. Remember, don't approach them as a filmmaker, but approach them as a content creator and continue that journey and educating them as to what cost what. And when you have a structure based pricing that you're putting in front of them and you're like, yeah, we can do a video for 500 bucks, but it's literally us showing up with one camera and handing you an SD card for what you're looking for. You may want to add this and the teleprompter and the light and the blah, blah, blah. And now they can say, oh, so this is what it costs to get what we need. No problem. Let me run this back to the to the 
you know, to the boss, to the team. And because it makes sense to me, I can help it make sense to them. They can free up the budget. We can move ahead with these $10,000 videos. And it's that easy. It's not their money. If it makes sense to them, they can get the funds. As long as it's not crazy outrageous, you're not asking for 300000 If it makes sense to the business and the business can see profitability in it, the business will pay for it. So it's not even an emotional decision. It's just, you know, this is what we're tasked with doing, creating this training video. We can we can free up some more budget to get it done right. And if you have great reviews on Thumbtack and a history of creating training videos and a website that says this is all you do, this is your niche, testimonials from other people, that $30,000 that you're asking for three training videos seems legit. It seems like it's the right way to go because you show value to justify that purchase. If you don't show value, you don't have a history of creating training videos, you don't have testimonials, you don't have a great website, it seems like you're asking for a lot. That's, that's just like me. If I bring a car up to you, you've never heard of, and I tell you it's a $50,000 car and you, I, I've never heard of this car. I've, I don't know nothing about it. None of my friends got it. No mechanics ever talked about it. It'll be hard for me to sell you that car at that price point. You know, so it, 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 it just, it takes the whole combination of things to be valuable to a client. But Thumbtack is a great place to start your business. I was easily doing six figures on Thumbtack within the first like eight months. And I'm not, not, not as a, and I don't say that as a, as a brag or nothing like that, but I say that as this is what the possibilities are. If you, if you're serious about it, if you take time to, to understand the value of the leads, you continue to work your lead. You may not get a job from them, continue to work the leads because they may hire somebody that's cheap, that jack it up, and here you come as the more expensive guy with more value that may offer the, the ability to save their project or get it right the, the second time or the third time. Trust me, I've had plenty of clients hire me. In fact, um, Eckrich, Eckrich, which was, uh, the sausage company hired me after working with another person they hired that was just not good. They were just not good. And they hired me. And, they, and the first time I talked to them, they were like, you guys are a little more than we want to spend. Okay, no problem. I made sure that, you know, hey, if you guys decide in the future that you're looking for X, Y, and Z, we would love to work with you on a project. I didn't go ghost on them. I didn't diss them. I didn't say, oh, you ain't got the money. I didn't do none of that. I made sure that I, uh, you know, closed the conversation on a high note. I, I parted as friends. And they end up coming back saying, we hired a, a guy. It was absolutely terrible. It was a bad experience. How much did you say that price was? Well, you know, six months ago, it was this price. It went up a little bit. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and I've and then you work with them. And then every every year or every month or every time they have any projects like that, they continue to hire you, hire you, hire you. And they become a client for life. Then they refer you to other companies or they have people you work with in that department who end up getting hired over at this company or hired over at that company. And you start get working with all three companies and it just keeps growing like that. So. You know, Thumbtack is a great place, but you have to work your leads, even if you don't get to sell. I have follow up messages that were a month out, two months out. 
you know, Merry Christmas. I would stay in their in their uh, in their face and continue to work those leads. I'd send put them on my Christmas email or I, I had a, uh, a email list, a marketing email list that was for people who wanted headshots, people who wanted corporate events, people who wanted video production. And I would send them out, you know, marketing information. Hey, you know, happy Thanksgiving, you know. We're creating. We're helping guys, helping companies create promotion, promotional materials for Christmas, you know. Or don't forget, or just things like, you know, you may want to start creating your Christmas material now, and this is why. So you want to continue to market to those leads because you paid Thumbtack for the lead, not to sell, for the lead, and that lead is very valuable even if you don't get that sale. A lot of people give up and just be like, oh, off to the next one. I had a whole time, a whole time of day um, dedicated to just going back through old leads. And I would get at least a sale a week going through old leads, at least a sale a week. Just going through old leads alone. When I started looking at the number generated thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year just by going back, looking at people who told me no. So you are leaving a lot on the table by just saying, OK, they don't want to do business. Peace. So definitely want to do that. My bad for the long answer, but uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure you guys got it. I love Thumbtack. I absolutely love Thumbtack. I got Raising Canes. I've gotten so many companies I could go off the list, but that's where I started. My wife was like, hey, go to Thumbtack. I'm like, what in the world is Thumbtack? But I trusted her, and that's how I built it. Now I got to remake I was telling uh, some of the old gold members, I got to redo my stuff because I did what most photographers do is jump, not build the brand, not build the color scheme, got to remake all of that. But it's been like hands down, everything that you've been saying is absolutely true of since I've been doing it, revenue's just stupid. I got four wins last week. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. These guys, yeah. If you know who these guys are, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I like the wins, man. That's what I want to hear. I like the wins. Wins are good. Wins, wins, wins help others more than you think. Because there's a lot of people that's like, man, I'm trying. I'm just the hero win is really. Man, I used to run around the house screaming. My neighbors thought I was crazy. I would get out the phone with a thumbtack deal. I run around the house screaming like I won a lottery. It'd be, but it's just nice to know that you're able to carry yourself on with your camera. I guess that's a good way of saying it. It's, it's just nice to know that you start chaining them together and it's just, it's just great. It's just great to know that you can survive with just you. You don't got to depend on nobody, rely on nobody. Nobody can tell you how much you're making this month. None of that. It's all up to you. And when you start chaining them together and you start getting consistent with closing sales, that's why I tell you, don't worry about the dollars. Start getting consistent on closing sales, closing deals. The dollar will will grow with it. The dollar will you. It's easy to it's easy to teach you how to go from, you know, two thousand dollars a shoot to ten thousand dollars a shoot. It's hard to get you in the in the mindset of under getting your brand and yourself in the mindset of consistently closing sales. That's the hardest part. Once you get that, I can take you to ten thousand dollars a sale. Easy, a, a job. It's easy. That's super easy. That's just on branding and how you present yourself. But only closers get cookies. That's right. That is absolutely right. Only closers get cookies. (laughs) That is absolutely right. Speaking of money, though, you got a question here that is just 
it's by a gentleman named more of a statement or question integrity vision media and they said recently they shot a teleprompter reading for an entrepreneur she's been on forbes and video and and the video is being used for her tech startup i was paid one thousand dollars how much did the agency who produced it make off of me and i was because uh, i know my answer but yeah. i figured uh Lito, let's hear your answer first Let's oh, hear yeah, thanks. Yeah, Is that the bus? No. Because <laughs> I, know, I know my answer got, got to do with just moving the, the decimal point over a few uh, more times. But I, I just know. think that you must have really wanted the job then. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> th- it's the legal side. The, okay, let me say this. I will say this. Keep in mind, listen, agencies understand that people love this but don't know the business side, right? And they'll take advantage mm-hmm. of that. You know, it was a video I posted on Instagram not too long ago um, where it was a split screen and the guy from Shark Tanks talking about the most important job right now. He Five years ago, he would have said it's an engineer. Now he's saying it's content creators. And he's saying, oh, I would have loved to get some starving artists to come to because they don't think you know the business side. They're, they're, the business people are smart enough to take advantage of you as a, as a content creator because they don't think you know the business side. When you know the business side, you become more valuable. It's just like a singer. If you're a singer, I'm going to give you a singing deal. I'm going to make a billion dollars off you. I'm going to let you get rich, but I own your masters. I own your music. When you perform, I make money sleep in my bed. But you're going to go out there and and sing and dance and tap dance. I'm going to make money because I understand the business side. You see plenty of artists, your favorite artists are struggling for money. There's 85 years old, still trying to sing on stage. The producers, the business owners, the record labels are filthy rich, sleep, or on an island somewhere, and the artist is still performing. There's a reason for that, because the artist focused on the art more than the business. They could have just been 50-50 and been, been okay. And then you may have some, um, some artists who are um, indie artists who are filthy rich, because they understood the business. I'll give you a great example. Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. We've all heard that song. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my God, Becky, look at, he was an independent artist, right? And I picked that song because it went, it went super mainstream, it was pop. Because he was independent, he was filthy rich off that one song. I think he made 70 or 80 million off one song because he was independent and he was smart enough to understand the business where the average artist is, can have five hit albums and never see 30 million. So we're talking about one song. It was resampled, it, he got money through the ringtone era, he got money through every era of music he, he, because he knew the business and he owned the masters and he, uh, he understood the business. He's filthy, filthy rich off one song. So it's important that you know the business. And that's just a situation where that thousand dollars was getting to you and there should have been contracts in place to make sure that the, uh, the licensing was, was correct. Um, it should have been a lot of things in place with the, with the agency because the agency absolutely knows what they are doing. They absolutely know what they are doing. I'm going back to you, Jim It's on you, bro. Oh, on that. Yep. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, I mean, you're only going to get paid for what you're offering. I mean, they didn't just come to you and just say, will you do it for a thousand bucks? And if they did and you said yes, well, I mean, I have, we contract out like today, we just got another gig and I called up um, two camera guys 
or one photographer and one camera guy that we needed to bring because it's a little bigger project. And um, I'm going to try, I said, you know, you want to make 300 bucks a day and all you got to do is just take some photos. And on the other one, you're going to be a camera operator or you might be just helping carry gear. But we're also going to include um, a condo night stay at this resort for you and all the foods included as well. And we'll give you a little bit of spending money. And they could have said no. They could have said yes. But if they started complaining to me, I'll finish this job and I'll just never call them again. Because that's what we agreed to. I'm not trying to rip them off. I'm not trying to take advantage of them. It's what we agreed to. And that's the same standards that I hold uh, businesses to with our agreement and with our contracts. This is what we agreed upon. This is where we were at. But I don't know if that's where you were going with it. But oh, absolutely. it's a contract's a contract. If you have a job right now, your job is making a whole lot of money off you. And you've agreed to the hourly rate or salary that they presented to you regardless of what they make off of you. And they don't even tell you what they make off you. They just tell you to worry about what you're making. That's if you're doing it right, you're going to make a killing. Absolutely. Because the day after you and I met, we solidified a six figure deal down there with a national organization. And they're not located there. I ain't over there. And just, but it was, they just happened to be at the same event. And but it was funny because um, the agency that represents them was also in the meeting with us there. And they said, well, we did another shoot with you and we did six little videos and stuff. And it only costs like 10 or so thousand. So how much is this going to be? Where, how many videos are we going to get? And I'm like, you want to do a national campaign like this? It's, I don't know, something, I mean, without knowing a whole lot, you're probably going to get six to seven or eight videos out of it. And they were like, wait a second. And I said, well, let's look at the pricing here. So you want to compete with everybody else that's on national television. You want to be able to provide that quality. And it's one thing when you're in our studio. Did you see any, did you see any windows? Did we not control every piece of light inside of this facility? Didn't we control all the sound? So now you want us to do a lot of shooting in Florida, outside, on beaches and other places. You want us to do that in Texas as well and outside up north in Minnesota as well. Do you know how many hands that takes? Do you think people look great standing in the sun? We have to have big screens that we put up and people that have to help set that stuff up. It's a lot of moving parts. And when we went through it all, and, and I just, I mean, it literally didn't take very long. Once we just started throwing it all down on paper, they were like, oh, well, yeah, that, that really does make sense. But we had the tools in place to be able to do that, which thank you. <laughs> I, I want to say anytime you can uh, convince a, a, a client that is hard to work on a beach, you, you are a closer level 10 real quick. I just want to say that anytime you can have a client feeling sor sorry for you because you're on the beach somewhere in Florida. You're good at closing, bro. I just want to say that. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> uh, J-Pow asked a good question. He said, should I start on Google AdWords or Thumbtack if I have a solid uh, landing page? Okay, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that. That's a great question. That's a really good question. What do you consider a solid landing page? 
because a, a landing page that look good may not be tailored for your audience. If you haven't run it by a beta client that is in your audience, that it's in your field of work to says, yes, this is the type of page I would click to speak to somebody. I would do a follow up. I would submit my information to. It's probably not a solid landing page. It probably looks good. Probably got a great color scheme. Nice pictures. It's probably real cute, but it may not be designed in a way to make you money. Um, so, so you could be spending money on Google to get people to a page that you think is great that may not benefit you. And you'll, you'll think it's, you'll, you'll point the finger somewhere else as being the problem. And then you go into this vicious cycle of spending money, uh, to find out what the issue was when the issue is the, the, you don't have a beta client, you don't have nobody to test it with, right? If you have a landing page that's been tested, it has a great conversion rate, then yeah, I would, you Google all the way. If you don't have that, Thumbtack is a better solution because you have a better idea of who's coming to you. You have a better idea of what they're going through. And and this is one thing that's covered heavily um, that will be uh, to it'll be covered to a, to a great extent um, when module three drop is you get to get people at a certain point of the buying process. That's very important. People who are in the discovery stage of the, they understand they have a problem. They're trying to find somebody to solve that problem. And you get to walk, you get to walk those clients right into your front door using thumbtack. So it makes things a little easier than being, you know, on, on Google where you may have somebody in the research stage. They may not be ready to buy. They may not fully understand that they have a problem. So you get people at a different part of the buying process and it makes things a lot easier. So I would say go the thumbtack route unless you are at the point where you have beta clients. But listen, these are things that are covered heavily in course in the course. And I kind of that's why it's important to have A, B and C, D together, because E may not work for you if you have not. If you don't have tried and tested um, parts of your business, you may go into it and you don't understand why it's not working for you. That's why it's real important that you go back. And learn and make sure the foundation is right. Because if not, you're going to be like, I, you know, my page, my landing page is dope. I got a thousand people coming to it a month. I got one call. You know, really people who are bad in business will say people aren't buying. It's oversaturated. Nobody wants to. They don't they don't look at the fact that, you know, they're trying to reach an audience that's over 50 or should be if that's their target audience, but their copy is saying, yo, bro, let me holler at you, chief. Come, you know what I'm saying? You got uh, flashy videos and your target audience is over 50 and it don't appeal to them. Or maybe vice versa. You may have, you know, Pat Sajak on your screen and nobody under 40 knows who he is. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know what I'm saying? Like people under 40, like what? I'm Pat Sajak and this is Vanna White. And they're like, what? They flipping letters and nobody, people under 45 right now. I was like, who are you talking about, bro? I have no idea who those people are, but I'm just saying like, you, you gotta make sure you, you, you got your, everything is designed for your audience. And if you have not taken those steps, you can be just shooting in the dark. You, I'm trying to make you as efficient as possible because the game is easy. If you under the target is, is easy to acquire. If you understand who you're targeting, it's easy. Hunting is easy. If you understand what you're hunting, if you're just out here, like I'm going to find something to eat, you're going to end up with a squirrel sandwich. 
And I'm, you know, depending on where you are, some people like squirrel sandwiches. I like uh, some steak. I'm going to get some steak. You <laughs> some people like I can see the sandwich now with the tail hanging out. That's just not me. I'm gonna get me some steak with some steak butter, and I'm good. So you know what do they call? It was a, a, a old meme that says, "What do they call people bad, who's bad at hunting? Vegetarians." Hilarious. <laughs> it was absolutely fun. No knock if you're a vegetarian. You no know, good plant based diet and get you right. But it was absolutely hilarious. But, you know, you want to be mindful of, uh, you know, who you're going after. If you don't know that and you haven't tried it and tested it and you don't have people to talk to for them to say, yeah, this is great. You're just shooting in the dark. And when I when I became open to learning that, I was I was with it. Go for it. You she got your hair raised. You can just go ahead. In. You have permission. You have permission. <laughs> No, I was going to say there's um there is a series that you did a while back, Ty, mm-hmm. where you partnered with um somebody else to do um it was like I can't remember Pepperidge Farm. Yes. It was a whole series that you talked about why you chose them, the history of the organization, stuff like that. And that's on your YouTube channel mm-hmm. and people can actually like watch the whole journey so they can see it like firsthand. Absolutely. You know. And we went after them. We just kind of, we went after them. I want to say using a backdoor method almost. Like we went after them. We didn't even get their permission. We just came after them. But we came after them with things that would have been valuable to them because we learned, we looked them up. We learned what was valuable. We looked at the season. What time of year is it? What's coming up? We wanted to provide them with something they can say, oh, we like this. Let's go. We want that and more. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. It's in the live section. If you go to the regular page, me and Joni over at the bike shop, um, bike shot. I always call her bike shop. She probably been cussing me out. It's the bike shot. Great YouTube channel. She got a billion trillion followers, subscribers, and she's dope. She's super dope. She's a beast at what she do. She does all food photography. And, you know, for me, I can't watch too much because I'm, I'm not a skinny guy. I, I'm focused on the wrong thing. She's talking about flashes and stuff. I'm trying to eat the props. So, uh, yeah, I can only sit over there too much, too long. And I'm just, you know, go for it, bro. Hey, Ty, I have a question, not about sales, but mm-hmm. about fulfillment. Um, I've got a client and, you know, he's not happy about how much I'm giving him, you know, on a kind of just, you know, for clarity, like what I do is I do the photography, but I also do like the marketing and I take a percentage of sales. Um, and we've helped him like actually get a lot of traction and make his first sale in this new niche. Um, but he's like really like wanting more from me in terms of like my time and what I'm giving him. And my resistance of that is like, well, I have to make sure all my clients I'm serving them, you know? So the question really becomes like, how much time do I allocate to a specific client? Um, obviously I want to make sure I'm making them money because that's how I get paid. But I, I, I don't want to just kind of like bend to all their wishes. You know, you know what I mean? I, I'm, that's a great question. I'm going to tell you what, what I've done in the past. Um, that helps. You really got to set the bar in the beginning and structure it where if they want more time, we got to take this package up to the next level. Mm-hmm. At this lower package that you got, at the bronze package, we only dedicate this amount of time to this project. 
we can add more. We can go up to a silver package or a gold package, but you really need to be clear on how much time you're dedicating to it based on the level they choose. I would love to dedicate more time to it. However, you chose the smaller package. I, that time got to go somewhere else. Um, and, and that way, if a client wants more time, they can pay for more time and they're not taking you away from other clients. They're paying for your time. Your time is super valuable. The time is super valuable, but I would set the bars in the beginning. Hey, this is what you're paying for. This is how much time we're going to dedicate to it per week. If you go with a marketing company that works with SEO, they're going to tell you once we get it set up, this is the amount of time we're going to dedicate to looking at your SEO per week or looking at your paper clicks per week. After, if you want us to dedicate five hours, we'll dedicate five hours. The package you got is two and a half hours. We can do more with five hours. This is what you can expect if we dedicate five hours. This is what you can expect if we dedicate 10 hours. But there are two different, three different pricing, pricing tiers. You can't go, you you have to make sure you, you set the bar and make sure you're clear that, hey, you're not getting me full time for this small price. It's not happening. You're getting a chunk of my time. This is what we're going to do for you every week. This is the amount of time we're going to put into your account every week. And you have to be that clear. Because they'll expect that. They, I mean, just think, what if they ask you to do something that's eight hours, right? What if they ask you, I need you to drive out a state, take a picture in front of a mountain, come back. That's eight hours. We're dedicating two hours. Now you have the ability to upsell them because those are add-ons. And it, that eight hours become profitable for you. Maybe more profitable than bringing in another job per month. But if you don't have it laid out where where they can stack it, and upsell themselves, they will just try to squeeze as much as they can in that price. So you have to be clear, either in your contract or in the initial proposal, you have to set the bar and then you have to charge to raise that bar. If not, they're going to try to squeeze you because they don't have a, they don't have a, you know, the, what they're getting for their dollar is vague and they're going to try to get as people will try to get as much as humanly possible in a price if they don't have a solid definition of what, you know, what it, what they're getting for that price. I'm going to tell you, if you look at like, if you start looking at airlines, right? Because I, I, I thought at one time I was thinking like, man, I caught a flight one time that was $17. The airlines wanted to charge me $40 for a bag. Wouldn't it be just cheaper for me to buy another seat and put my bag in that seat? Why can't I just do that? You know what I'm saying? Like you want $40 for a bag. I can just buy another ticket and just put my luggage in that ticket. But they got all kind of stipulate. You can't do that. <laughs> so I was like, Hmm, like I'm going to beat yeah, the system. Try to take advantage where they can. If Absolutely. They, if, if they see a gap where you haven't really clearly defined it, they're just going to be like, Hey, that's a loophole. going to take advantage. It's human nature. It's human nature. Also, like if, if you go to a baseball game, you you, you got to read that ticket because if you get popped in the face with a baseball, I don't care if you lose everything. You can't sue nobody. If you get hit in the face with a with a puck at a hockey game, you can't sue nobody. If you lose an eye at a PGA event, you're gonna be one eye tie, but you can't sue nobody. If if you on a plane and it go down, it's a maximum amount. Here's a hundred thousand. That's all your grandma was worth. She she knew she was worth that amount when she agreed to buy that ticket and agreed to that. She said, I'm only worth a hundred thousand, you know, and so it's terms and conditions and a lot of things to protect the company. 
And you have to create those for yourself because people will wear you out. Yeah. At the same time, you also want to make sure you're giving a really good value to the client. So it's like a benefit for both Mm -hmm. you and the client to really clearly define it. That's kind of what I wanted to ask all you guys is like when you're structuring a package, let's say bronze versus silver, like what's your thing? What's your thought process of, okay, this is like the real value proposition for the bronze versus this is the value proposition for the gold. And this is for like silver or platinum. Like how do you guys think about who it's for and like how you design each package? That's what I would love to know. I'll give you a quick one and then I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody else go. Um, when you, when you, when you get a, a logo design, they send you two nice ones and two trash ones for a reason to push you in a direction. They do that on purpose, right? When you go buy popcorn and drinks at the movie theaters, it's usually one that's a great deal. And then there's one that's a little bit better and one that's like, don't even think about it. Like if you're looking at this, so you got to really think as a business, which one of these packages do I really want to sell? Right. And then what's a nice to have? Like, I'd love to get way more profit. So we can put that. What's one that I really don't want you to, you know what I'm saying? You go order a regular combo meal at McDonald's. The drink is laughable. Like, really? Like, come on, man. I got to upsize. Like, so you got to think of like, what package do you want to sell a lot of? What do you want to really, and make sure you make profit. Make, don't, you know, it got to be profitable. That's the the key to the game is it got to be super profitable. And then we're going to take a little bit off. We're going to, we're going to take a lot off and take it a little bit down in the price. You know, it's like the guy that or the girl that orders like the thing, the one thing off the val- the dollar menu is going to be completely different than the person that's ordering like the super size number nine. Like it's a completely different person. And that's how I like to think is like, OK, if I'm going to make two separate things, well, I got to think then I got to make it for two separate people, because then otherwise, why shouldn't I just make it for one person? Um, but but so that's I, the benefit like, of knowing who your target audience is. Yeah. Right. Once you understand who your target audience is, you're not making 50 for 50 different people. Everybody who go to McDonald's go there because they want something cheap first, fast and consistent. It ain't about cheeseburgers, whatever, happy meals. You want something cheap, fast and consistent. That's their target audience. Their target audience ain't people who like cheeseburgers. You would not go to McDonald's if your goal is to get a good cheeseburger. You're not going to McDonald's if your goal is to get a good salad. You're not going to McDonald's if your goal is to get a good chicken sandwich. Taste is out of the window. You only go to McDonald's because you want something cheap, fast, and consistent. They understand that's more of their target audience than cheeseburger lovers, fry lovers, milkshake lovers. The milkshake machine ain't even working, so we already know what's up with that. I wouldn't even say, like, safety. It's like, if you had, like, a random name here, a random name there. You're in a small town. You're just driving by and you see McDonald's. You're going to be like, dude, I'm going with the familiar safe option because I know what that tastes like in Anchorage, Alaska or like Poughkeepsie, whatever. That's that's consistency. Know. Absolutely. I know people that go, that travel and go places they've never been and they eat the food they had at home. Like, I don't want to go to this restaurant. We got a Dairy Queen at the crib. We can, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, all you gonna do is order some chicken nuggets and some chicken tenders. Let's go somewhere. Let's try something different. They because they know people are like, uh, I don't know, but I do know if I go somewhere different, I do know McDonald's. I can go there and eat and be full. So cheap, fast, consistent. They they that is their target customer. No, they gotta, still make money and have some of those pretty wild deals. Because Josh and I went out. I was gonna. 
I went and grabbed food. He said, they've got a two Big Mac meal for whatever, the, <laughs> not meal, just two Big Macs, two for five or something. And he's like, go get me that. And I said, okay, boy, Big Mac. I'm going to get a number one large. Get that for myself. Ordered him his, and the, and the guy said, oh, no, the fries and drink don't come with that. So then I ordered uh, just a medium fry and a medium drink because I realized this little package deal was a great deal more than if you would have just ordered a number one like me large and <laughs> added another Big Mac on there. <laughs> Absolutely. He's like, because I came back in, and he's like, I'm like, oh, here's your little drink. He's like, wait, what? Uh, oh, yeah, I got a large fry, too. He did. a shot. He just hit, it, hit the grass and go, all right. <laughs> I mean, they, they, companies are notorious. I don't say notorious, but a, a lot of companies will give stuff away at low cost, a, a low profit, or sometimes even at cost to bring people in the door. Like I said before, Best Buy was excellent at that, right? They killed a lot of music stores by by making CDs, selling when everybody was selling CDs, all the young people, they were selling CDs for $18 everywhere. Here comes Best Buy selling them at cost, $9.99, and it would bring people in the door. And you would leave with something else. You would leave with something else. They would like advertise it on the magazine. Yep. They're like three. It's like in small letters, only if in stock and like all these, all this stuff. So it brings you in the door. It gets you like salivating. And then you get here and you're like, shit, they don't have anything. And then human nature is like, well, I'll just, you know, go to the next easiest thing. Because the hardest part is really getting people in the door, yep. getting them to stop. It's easy to sell and sell and sell, but you just have to get that first, that first like interaction. That's always like the most expensive for any, any business is to acquire the customer. And then the, the acquisition cost is like nothing for that next product. It's always like just. Yeah. That's why it's I tell a lot you. cheaper to keep the customer than it is to find a new one, no matter yeah. what. That's why always. I tell you focus on the clothes. We can teach you how to upsell. If you focus on closing, your ability to close is your ability to get a client into the store. We can focus on what we sell them later. If and match them the store. Uh, customer lifetime value. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Look at this, right? Look at Major League Baseball. How many pitchers are there on a team? There's a lot. A lot. A Ooh, whole lot. How many closers? There's usually one or two. <laughs> yeah. Max. And you can be a scrub if you're just pitching in the middle innings. You can be just terrible. I can do it. You can throw underhand almost and get away with it. <laughs> but the closers are getting they're getting fifty million a season. You're getting two hundred thousand for an eight year contract as a as a middle guy throwing anything. Absolutely. Yeah. But you bat first or second, nobody cares. You bat third, you're getting paid. Definitely. And, and that's what I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on your ability to close a sale because once you get that down, you're going you're gonna to make money from there. That, that, that's the hard part. And, and I tell you that because a lot of people set goals based on how much money they want to make, how many, you know, wh- what do they want to do and how much, really how much money. They set it around money. Don't set it around money. Don't set your goals around money. Growing money is, is easy once you get it. Set it around your ability to close sales because that's going to, if you pay attention to that, you start, you're going to start paying attention to conversion rates. You're going to start paying attention to copy and stuff on your website that you need to pay attention to. You won't focus on those things. If you're just trying to close big sales, big money, don't go after the money, go after your ability to close clients consistently. If you can show me that you can close 10 clients a week, I can, I can take you from 
2,000 a week to 20 in three months. But you got to be able to close, 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 close. They're going to refer that money back in you. Like the lifetime value of a client, what they refer, it's going to start to just pay for itself anyway. It's going to start growing like crazy. If you focus I have one on client that's, I know they've referred two 30K jobs to us. And I know I have another one coming Friday and another one coming next week that somebody they want to talk about, you know, because so-and-so said that you need to work with this company. But I was always afraid of um, overcharging people. And it's not that I want to rip people off. That's not, I want to help people. That's what I got into this for, because it's a passion that I enjoy. And I think too many people are afraid to put their pricing structure in place. And that's what was so nice about having that structured based pricing, having that in place, it's, you're not ripping anybody off. It's, this is what it costs. We've done the numbers on what it costs, what it, what are, what are maintenance is, what are, you know, when we have to bring people on shoots, um, all of that's in there. So it's not that you're ripping anybody off. It just makes it easier when you're going through to do a quote to just tick it off. And then when you're looking at doing packages, and like Ty said, if you know the numbers, he's absolutely right. You know, if you really want to sell a little grouping of something, you can just go to your own price sheet, bundle it up, give it a 10% discount or leave it the same. Sometimes people don't even want the discount. They just want to make it easy and look at it. And they're like, oh, I want package three. That's exactly what I need. And um, I mean, that happened last week to us because we have three package levels and One's just a one camera shoot. The other one's a two, um, uh, uh, one camera with two people and you can get a second camera or something else involved. And the third one is a full commercial production is how we label it. And we were trying to sell them on the two person one. And they said, no, I think we're going to go with the commercial production one because that's, that just, that's what we're looking for. I'm like, okay. I, I tell people <laughs> all the time, what's going to blow you away is people are going to, because they have options, they're going to add more than you think. It's the it's the exact and, and I'm the best the best analogy I can give you. It's the exact same mindset that you have when you go in Walmart to get one thing. You go in there and you get a vacuum cleaner, and you may see a better vacuum cleaner. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go with this one. Then you start seeing bags and belts and stuff for it. I'm let me get some of that. And as you're leaving in your cart, you're like, oh, I need cheese. I need bagels. I need you start adding stuff to the cart and you leave spending three hundred and fifty dollars when you went there for an 80 dollar dirt devil. It happens the same way when you're presenting your proposal. If they have options, people will buy if just to just to have options, just to get it differently. When you go buy a, a computer from Apple, you may change one thing just to be different. I, I'm not getting the regular graphic card. I got to take mine to the next level. I'm I'm watching Facebook. Oh, I'm doing. I'm on Facebook, so I need better graphics. It's it's a perception of control because when you only give a person one option, they feel forced into it. Versus if you give them three options, mm-hmm. even if two are like crappy, you know, it is a perception that they're making that choice under their own volition. And that is like a sense that people people love freedom. Like people yep. love to feel like. I made that decision. I'm empowered to like, you know, whatever that thing is versus like, 
if you just give people one choice, even if it's the best choice, <laughs> it's crazy. They'll just say like, no, and go with yep. like a worse choice. Cause they get to pick and have that like sense of like, Oh, I did it. Like I picked it, you know? And there's a study that shows that giving people three options instead of two will increase your close rate by 30 to 40%. If you give I them yes or no, and you give them one more, they'll pick that or yes, way more than they pick. No. If you give them just yes or no, it's like a 50% no. You said you were, I just read something about yeah. if you take a Coke machine and you put it out and it does a thousand dollars a month in business, people would wonder why, you know, why do they go out there then and throw like a Pepsi machine next to it? Wouldn't that decrease your amount of business for your Coke machine? But the studies that they found and what I read about was they actually produced double wow. that. So they would drop, they would pull two grand out of each machine, yep. not just a thousand thousand. It was 2000. Cause before I, how did they word it? It was about had something to do with um, people would walk by, they'd see it. And like, ah, do I need a Coke? I don't, I don't know if I need a soda or not. Then they'd walk by and see there's a selection and they were like, well, do I want a Coke or a Pepsi? Yeah. Instead of Coke. And, no, yeah. and it was then all of a sudden it wasn't a, whether I needed a drink or not. It was, well, which one do I want to get? Man, people are crazy. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you where else this works, right? I'm, I, and I'm glad you 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 opened that. I'm gonna blow your mind. You always see Walgreens next to CVS's. You always see multiple dealerships together. You always see AutoZones next to Pet Boys next to O'Reilly. You 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 always see the same type of businesses close to each other. It's there for a reason. It's it's like if if you get in, it's like entering a different world and and you're getting you know the reason like they make all that noise in the mall and they make the smells nice is like you don't think do i need this it's like you you start to think like what do i want because our brains are always kind of i think just yes or no they're binary so if you if you add more possibilities they can only compare two things and then it doesn't become do i want it or not it becomes oh which one of these two things do i want so it's actually crazy like Three options. So three, means- o- three options are always better. I'm always in the mall. Like I said, I'm 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 not a skinny guy. So you throw me an Auntie Annie's and a Cinnabon, man, I am fighting, bro. I'm in a Starbucks, so I got coffee, Cinnabon, and like some butter pretzels. I'm losing it, bro. I'm, I don't almost missed a flight one time trying to get some. Can you got to re- can you redip my pretzel in the butter, please? I'm on the butter. I can't even get my boarding pass out. I got butter on it. The, the lady can't scan it, sir. You're gonna have to wait. Uh, so yeah, you, they do you like that. They do you like that. But start to look when we un, when we take when we un, unravel the the onion of business, and you start to look at some of the psychological things that you go through as a consumer that you don't realize. You've been doing it your whole life. You don't realize why you do these things, and you start to apply them in your business. Your business start moving and start taking off. But look, next time you go somewhere and you're looking. Look around and see how many, like, you see a Dollar Tree and a Dollar General. You see, like I said, an AutoZone and, a, and another, you know, auto supply store. You see just a row of dealerships. Why? Why would I put a row of dealerships? Why would I put, even if I got Kia, why would I want to be next to a Volvo if I'm thinking Volvos are better cars and blah, blah, It just gives you options and choices. And you go from saying yes or no to, oh, I got all these options. I'm going to pick one of them. I'm going to leave here with something. So absolutely. I think um, understanding the psychology behind sales and business helps a lot. That's why it's so important that 
you learn about business as much as you can because there are so many parts to it that you just don't think about. You don't know what you don't know. And you're going into business trying to be successful, missing what, you know, you don't want to, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Companies have done this for years. And if you understand why they do what they do, you can implement it and start having success in your business. Go for it, bro. Do you guys have any uh, good book recommendations for psychology of sales? Like the psychology, like those specific things like, you know, multiple options and stuff like that. I do. I had some listed on the site. I have to pull them up and repost it. But I have some listed on. Um, I have some listed in two places. One is in module one, which I know I keep punching y'all in the throat with, but module one talks about it. Um, but there's two books in there and there's a third one. There's one that I, I read. I wrote notes on it. I'm going to see if I can pull that back up and repost it. But the psychology behind it is everything. It's it's and listen, when I was in the military, I was in a psychological operation unit. Right. That was their job. My job as a content creator was to create content that had a psychological effect on people to help in war. That's how deep it is. So it's not just in sales. It's in a lot of places. If you watch really good Vietnam movies, right, that really that are that are really um, that are really deep in the idea of what happened in Vietnam. And I'm going to say it from a, a perspective of like a Spike Lee movie. Right. When 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 black people fought in Vietnam, they would get leaflets from the from the Vietnamese to say, hey, black guy, this is not your war. Go home. We don't got beef with you. Or come on, surrender or come on to our side. We'll treat you like. And that was just they weren't going to do that. But it'll have you thinking you sitting in that, you know, you're sitting in that foxhole thinking like I shouldn't even be here. But it's it's all about the psychology. Like it's psychology is, it, you know, a psychological war is a, is a real one. And they're doing that a lot with information these days and a lot of aspects of our world. And once you start to step back and look at it and say, aha, you know, I see what you guys are doing or I see what's going on or I see how businesses are doing it. You'll start to apply it. You're not going to get mad. You don't get mad at yourself for falling for it. But then you're going to say, hey, I'm going to do it, too. Just like this. You, you, you know, the sound of a Coca-Cola opening. I don't have to. I, that little, you know, it. Everybody knows the sound of a Coca-Cola. <laughs> yep. Everybody knows it. Something it makes you thirsty when you see that cold bottle appear on your screen. It's, you can be freezing outside. You can it'll make you thirsty to see a, a, a sweating bottle like it, there are certain things in, that they've designed to to trigger certain aspects of you, uh, you know, mentally. And business is something that you have to learn how to do that. Something about Facebook make you check it 20 times a day. When you look at you, you ever look at your screen time, you got an iPhone to tell you how, how long you've been on your phone all day. And you like I spent hours it don't even feel like it. Like what's, yep. It'll tell you what app you've been in Facebook for six hours. You know what I, what I, what I could have got done if I hadn't have been, you know, spending six hours on Facebook today, a lot. But the other day was great. It was great. Facebook and Instagram are down. I got so much done. <laughs> I had right here. I had my computer here. I'm editing and tie. Edit. Edit. <laughs> Somebody posted a meme. It was like the little house on the prairie. <laughs> and it was like when Facebook was down, it was, they went back to the old school days of little house on the prairie. That's absolutely right. I, I, I have to, my phone stand, do not disturb. And I have to do that because I, there's things that I have to focus on and I have well, to just shut the world off. I deleted Facebook off my phone. Cause I was like, I do not need to be on Facebook. Like on my phone, I can wait till I go onto my computer and like check whatever the heck's happening. And actually I think my, 
productivity has gone way up. I've turned all the notifications off for social media apps, Mm -hmm. but still I notice like if the app is there on your phone, you will check it. So just best is to like delete it off of it. Like get like a crappy old device, check your Instagram with the old device, but like work phone and then not work stuff on a different thing. I think that's the best way to go. Focus is extremely important. You're absolutely right. I'm gonna give me an old Nokia the brick phone with the game snake on it. That's all they had. I'm giving me like a, the green screen. Uh, yeah. It had a, a 90 phone book maximum memory. Like that was it. Like I'm giving me one of those. Yeah, and they never break too. They so never yes. break. Battery lasts for six days. You're good. <laughs> you gotta, you, as you grow in business, you're going to find out that it's important that you invest in finding ways to stay focused. Cause when you, when you get to the point where you're on your own and, you know, you, you got nobody over you telling you what to do. Your savers account get a little right. You're going to get a little lazy. It happens. We see, we wonder why, you know, sports athletes get that big contract and they just doing whatever. They barely in there. It happens in business. It happens as you grow and you start to get a little comfortable and you're not worried about making payments and everything's on auto pay. And you got, you know, three, four cars out there and you're going to be like, yeah, okay, I'll wake up when I want to. You have to find ways to stay focused. Um, because the world will pull you away from what's made you great. And you've seen it happen to a lot of people. And it's something that you don't realize that you'll be in. But trust me, you'll get comfortable. You'll get very comfortable in your position and you'll start to do less. And you have to find ways to motivate yourself or at least to motivate yourself, but to stay focused because everything will pull you away. Um, I think meditation has been a huge one for me because sometimes you get like, you know, a win, you get like a new kind of big peak and then you're like you just want to go blow off all that energy and i think meditation is good because it helps you kind of like stay energy energized and focused but without like an end result you're going for because sometimes you don't want to just keep going for like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing mm-hmm. yeah meditation is good in that regard because you can still stay focused but you don't have to like focus on anything in particular so i, I, don't know, it's I, I try to reward say- myself for stuff um, I would say structuring out your day, like knowing when you're going to get off work, mm-hmm. because it's a lot harder when you're your own business person to just tell yourself, hey, I need to walk away for today. I need to stop at five, you know, so having that break and understanding that your work life and your personal life are separate. Yeah, because because I because if not, you'll never be off. That's why I tell you. Okay, I get to throw this in again. That's why in module one, I tell you to get a work phone, separate it. You got to separate it because if you don't, you'll never get off work. Your family would be like, when are you going? And you're just always at work. You're always thinking it, doing it, and you, you don't shut it off. And I mean, and, and you know, you love what you do, so it's difficult to shut it off. But there are times where you have to. There's times where you have to shut it off or you will just burn out and you will you will start to not like it. Um, so there are times where I just I have to shut it off. And I mean, I have to go on vacation and leave my big camera at home just to shut it off. Like I just, you know, because I'll be 
somewhere on the beach waiting for the sun to touch the ocean and I'm just right at the end and you know you'd be with somebody who's like yo we about oh, to go man. I'm not I'm not like road trips I got a road, road trip only with photographers that understand why I'm pulling over to capture this bridge you know we're on the side of the freeway I'm like yeah but I gotta get this shot because of the rain the water <laughs> you gotta some people just don't get it you gotta get with people who get you because if not they will hate you because a, a four hour drive will be six hours Cause you're trying um, to, you know, do time lapses on the side of the freeway, <laughs> and they don't understand why. You ever feel like, you know, sometimes I don't know if there's a lot of prior service people here, but you know, if I don't have my camera with me, sometimes it's almost like not having my my M4. I'm like, yep. where's it at? Where's it at? Yep. I'm like that. My my uh my iPhone is my nine millimeter. My uh A7S3 or A7R is my M4. You're right. I'm always like that. I'm I'm yeah. I gotta. I can't go nowhere without a camera. I can't go nowhere without it. I'm sorry. I just. Do you guys find like for me personally, I tend to just get in like just blocks of days where I'm just like super focused, and then I'll just have days where I just don't want to do any work. Mm-hmm. Do you guys find like you're better off like just structuring the day of like start stop, or do you like to just have days where you're like editing, days where you're shooting, days where you're doing like copywriting or lead generation or something like that and then like days when you do what do you guys find is like the best setup for you Um, i have to space it space it out because if i do something for too long it'll be misspelled words i'll be bad edits and i just i have to walk away from it and do something else and then come back and look at it with fresh eyes i know for me what about you guys so like in the military there's a saying that slow is steady and steady is fast that's kind of how you have to work this it's a paced operation you know when you do like that nine to five and your client might hit you up i have clients that tried to hit me up at midnight or 4 a.m trying to hit me up for shit and you've got to make sure to just like not answer and that's the hardest thing too is because you know we create this business because we want to provide a service that helps people no matter what at the end of the day if you're in this for the money like yeah, that's great. But if you're not caring about what you're creating, it's going to reflect in your work. Absolutely. And when you push yourself to just do that hard push for a whole week, you burn out. And that's why you don't want to do anything. That's why you've got to structure yourself. You've got to pace yourself. I'm, I'm literally going through that same thing right now where I have a client that I messed up. I didn't put it in the contract. And I listed, you know, this is what we're going to have, but then I didn't list anything about revisions. And every five minutes, it's been revision after revision after revision. And it's been a nightmare. It has. And it's my fault. It is, you know, lesson learned, lesson staying learned. But you can't walk away because then you get too far behind and then you're like, well, what the fuck am I doing? So pace yourself. Even if it's a great client and you love this client, still pace yourself. Because otherwise, when you burn out, it'll be so much harder to get back in. I'm, I'm going to tell you where I learned a valuable lesson about revisions um, that a lot of people don't think about. And that's also covered in module one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a, a, a job I wanted to do before vacation. And it was a big job. It was great money. I wanted to take that money with me on a vacation. But I didn't have revisions in place. So what was I doing on my vacation? 
revisions. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to take a whole laptop, two two hard drives. I'm in a hotel room. Everybody's partying, having fun. What am I doing? I'm changing a shirt color from red to blue. I'm moving a title from the top left to the bottom right. I'm sending it. I'm on calls waiting. I'm 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 blowing my vacation because even though I had the shoot date on the first and I had five days to edit and the and the vacation didn't start till the fifteenth, I didn't have revisions in place. So because of that, the client needs revisions. And I am, you know, somewhere where I should be having fun, where I shouldn't have taken a laptop. I'm there doing revisions in the hotel room while my friends are turning up, having fun and it sucked. So you have to put those items in place so that you can map out how long it's going to take you. Plus there's a lot of there's something else people don't think about. The more revisions you do, the less profit you make. So that mm-hmm. job becomes less profitable. So is it really worth what they're, you know, is it really worth it? No. A $10,000 job is great if you can do it in two days. It's not great if it takes you six months. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good, it's not a good look. So, and I know people who have a business where they, I'm getting $10,000 jobs. Yeah, but you're working on them for six months. How profitable is it? It's not that profitable because they don't take their time into consideration because they feel like time is unlimited. I don't feel that way. My time is just as valuable as my money, if not more. And and the goal for starting this business was to get more of my time back, not just my money or get more money, but to get more of my time so that I can go to my kids football games and do stuff with them and be around. And, you know, and I am available, not just saying, here's some money, go figure it out, you know. So for me, time is and, and you know, for some people, it may not be if you're a single guy, you don't got kids, you, you just, you know, it, it may not be like. But for me. I'm I am just at a point in life where I value my time. I value my experience. I value my fun. I may spend a little extra just to have the experience because I'm I just I'm, you know, as you get older, the young people, you know, you you invincible at 20 at 40. You starting to have friends that are dying on choking on Skittles or just dumb stuff. And you realize how valuable life is like you're not at the age where you see older people like, man, they, you know, they I can't believe they had a. You know, this, that, and the other happened. You're at the age where you're like, wait a minute, that dude was my age. So you start to say, you know what? I'm going to start to live a little bit because tomorrow's never promised. So I value that time. Um, And that's just, you know, that's just my view and opinion. Some people, you know, may feel different, but I'm just at a point where the experience, the fun, the the life is, is just as valuable as the money, if not more. I wholly agree with you, Guy. Like, Majorly, being a vet, Absolutely. we see things differently. Going to war, life changes. Like I'm only 33, but I feel like I'm 95 because I don't feel like tomorrow it's there. Yeah. So for me, like vacations, I don't need an escape from my life. That's what a vacation is to me. Right. But building this brand, building my company, be able to build a life where I don't need to escape from. That's my goal. Yeah. And I think most people are starting to get it with the pandemic, just seeing people around them that are gone. You know what I mean? They starting to they're starting to see like, whoa, we 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 gotta value this life a little more. We gotta value the good times. We gotta value the free times. We gotta value being home with the family and value the things we enjoy. Um, because it can be gone in a in a snap. Like you can you you're one cough away. You've been in a room, you're one cough away. Mm-hmm from losing it man like so you know 
You got to, but it's up to you. Listen, it's not, I, I can't tell you what to value. You're not right or wrong for whatever you value. You just have to know what you value, right? It's not up to me or anybody to say you should or shouldn't or value. You just have to make sure you make that list because if not, you can get pulled everywhere. So, so understand what's valuable to you and build a life around it. Be very intentional. I posted something on Facebook that was just saying, I'm, I'm happy with my life. Because it's, I, I've intentionally built it to be where it is now, and I love the result of it. But, but I had, I've, I was very intentional on understanding what I wanted to do, how I wanted to build this thing. And I'm like that with my brand, my company, with the YouTube side of things. So I am just saying with you, whoever watching, or, or if you're thinking about you know, where you want to go in life or how you want to do it, be intentional. Know what you want and go after it. Even if you get it and be like, I don't like it. It's a lot of stuff you bit into, a lot of food you've bit into and chewed it up and swallowed it and was like, yo, I'm not, oysters ain't my thing, bro. I'm going to go back to shrimp. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's okay. Now you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to bite into stuff and chew it up and swallow it to be like, yo, this ain't it. I'm just going to stick to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm to stick to chicken tenders. I'm not going to stick to whatever, you know? So you have to be, you have to go after stuff. You got to try it. You got to discover what you like. And you just live. Um, Mr. B says, Ty, I got a client that's contacting me, asking me to discuss possible work, but wouldn't discuss anything over the phone, including budget. It's a 20-mile trip for me. How would you handle this? I would cough two times and tell him to meet you on a Zoom meeting. That's what I would do. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, we can meet <coughs> tomorrow, or we can do a Zoom meeting. And then let him do you a know, Zoom <laughs> A 20-minute drive? Hey, Ty, you know that my time in Dallas do you know how much I got paid for that? Give them the number. Nothing. 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 Two easy payments of free 99. We flew down the two of us. We put us up in hotel, did all that work to three days worth of filming. Tons of work. Nothing. Not a thing. But by the time we got back, we had over six figures worth of deals. And then on top of that, since we've back, been back, we probably have another six okay, I figures a, worth of deals. I got a sound for that. Okay, I ain't going to play too much because YouTube tripping, but you get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 20 minutes, man. 20 miles. I mean, I guess 20 miles in like your place versus mine. 20 miles is like 15-minute drive. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, you what you should do in this situation. This is this goes back to structure based pricing, right? If you have a base in which your pricing starts at and the client is aware of that, they don't got to talk budget with me. You just know that if you do business with me, it's going to cost. It's going to start here and go up. I'll make a trip out to you as long as you know that there's not a job you, you're going to get that's under, you know, whatever my base price is. So I don't mind coming out to you if you're aware of that. That way you're not wasting your time. Because if you if you have the structure and say, hey, the pricing starts here, they'll tell you, oh, no, I don't even you're not getting it for lower than this price. If they know that they're not going to waste your time, they don't want to waste their time. But if they understand where pricing starts, I, I can't go buy a MacBook Pro without spending sixteen five, Right. I can go to the store. I can do it online. However I want to do, I can have them come to my house An Apple representative will come to my house. If I'm buying a MacBook, it's starting at sixteen five. They're not getting off their couch for less than sixteen five. Period. Now well, look at it like when you buy a car too. Absolutely. People will drive. I've driven six hours to go because I know that what I'm getting, how much it's going to cost, and 
I, they're like, oh, you're not going to see it? No, it's it's like every other car that same make and model. It's coming off the lot. It's got the four wheels and the steering wheel and the electric door. <laughs> you got all the features I want? Bring it. Ship it. Let's go. Or let me go get it. So, I mean, as long as you are structured, that's not a problem. If you're not structured and y'all going to play cat and mouse and who got what and chess, when you get there, it's a problem. But if you, that's why it helps to be structured. It helps to be structured. So that that is, you know, if you have that in place, that 20-mile drive ain't bad. We can talk. I'm, I'm happy to be there. If I, if you know what my base price is, I'm happy to be there. Because rarely are you, am I going to – if I come out to you, we face-to-face, you probably – I'm not going to let you just get a base price. You can get a whole lot more because I can – I'm there to look around and, 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 and upsell you in person. So that's that's the importance of having the systems and processes in place with the structure of your pricing. That's that's how you how you beat that from or prevent that prevent yourself from wasting time in that situation. Yeah. So this is what I'm gonna do. We about to go to the after hours. All my gold members sit by sit by. We about to transition to the after hours where it gets really really raw. And um, we've been uh, we've been telling that uh that uh recruiter uh cow story for the longest, but we can't really go oh into detail. Gosh. Uh, That's not even my worst story. That's not even my worst one. You're done. Mute I don't need any more nightmares. (laughs) I've had too many nights. uh, We we ain't gonna gonna, uh, put that out in the the YouTube universe, but we're gonna go to the after hour and we're gonna talk about (laughs) that. I'll never forget that. I don't, that's, that's a classic. Um, If you missed that one, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, That was, that was. That was, we go. We gonna get into it. We gonna, we got. I ain't sorry. I, I don't have to you tell know, it. In the military, they got a saying. It's you know, no shit. There it was. Yeah, literally. Th- th- I'm gonna let. You, I'm gonna let her tell it. I'm gonna let her tell it to you. And because I've been telling it secondhand, and it ain't been the right. No, story. no, 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 no. So I'm gonna let her do I'm a, it. I'm gonna save for the gold members yeah. only. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not live, not on YouTube. When we go to the, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. let you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too. It's too much for TV. Uh, for for the regular. So, yeah. Uh, so give me a second. Stand by, and I'm. We're gonna. We stand by, gold members. We're gonna go to the after hour let me let me go thanks for having us ty oh all the time stand by don't go nowhere don't go nowhere let me go back to this to the super shot okay listen uh i'm gonna ask that you hit that like share subscribe button if you've learned something i'm gonna go ahead and ask that you post what you learn in the comments so i can continue to bring you all this good dope content and try to make sure we mix a little life lessons in with running the business and starting things because it's real important that you got the foundation down Speaking of foundation, that's something that I also talk about. Wait, I get I'm I'm using these new graphics. Uh, yeah, these new graphics. We work hard on these. We talk about the foundation right there or not. We're using all these new graphics. We can just go on through all of them real quick. Boom, bang, pow. They all look good. Good shout out to Parker who uh who did his thing. If you're listening on a podcast and you can't see the great graphics, just make sure you go to uh, rate us and give us five stars if you learn anything with this content. Listen, I want to thank you all for being a part of this. Because as you think this is therapeutic for you, it's definitely therapeutic for me because I don't got a lot of people in my life that want to talk about this all the time. So it's great to have a crew, a family, people that I love and trust where we can have these conversations and we can be honest and just talk about the this part of life where we can continue to grow these businesses and, you know, get this bag. Whatever, whether that Whatever's in that bag is up to you, whether it's more time, freedom, money, more gear. It's up to you as to what's in that bag, but I want to help you and encourage you to go after it. All my gold members, come on, go under live lecture or live.flashfilmacademy.com. This should take you straight to the area where you can get the information to jump on after hour because we're about to get it in. 
make sure you hit that like share subscribe button like all the youtubers in the world ask you to do i will see you all next week at the same time all right gold members you can jump on there you go that's all you need and we're about to go back to this after hour where it's gonna get real crazy and really raw and uncut and i absolutely live for it every single week so y'all be safe and i will see y'all in the next video let me hit this button so we can really get to it <laughs> you've been listening to content and cash a flash film academy podcast Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.